0: Welcome to the Lay of the Land podcast with Dane Kennedy. I feel like I'm talking to myself over here. Stel Panayidis. Is your watch the Strava? (laughs) And Steve O'Callaghan. Can I make some valid points here? (laughs) All
1: right, this is what happened. The Lay of the Land, episode 27. It's uh, the 11th of September, almost 20 years since that fateful day in New York which is pretty scary, time flies, time goes quick, time flies, that's actually a uh, little note to the um, the Apple event that was this week, but anyway, on the side note, so how vivid is September 11 in
2: your memory, is it is it clear as day? The day of September 11, yeah, it, I think, because did we find out on September 12th, when when we were waking up, are we a day ahead?
1: Yeah, okay, yeah, maybe, yep. Yeah.
2: yeah, I definitely remember that morning. Yeah, waking up in the morning and it was all across the news. It was probably the first thing in, in my life that I remember that was on every single channel. And it was just, yeah, my parents were just um, distraught. I remember going to school. It was a very, very eerie day. Yeah. 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 How about you, Danos?
0: Yeah, Same. same deal. I just remember waking up and mum and dad... Having the TV on and being like, this has just happened, and, and then talking to all, the, all my friends at school. I vividly remember sitting out on the asphalt, on the basketball courts, and, and talking about it. And you, that was all that was on TV for the next week. Um, do you think it was a bit of a coincidence that 911, 911, it's their emergency call? Mm-hmm. Now, that's yeah. come across my mind a few times. And I thought, I wonder if that's just a coincidence or there's something more to that so you think there's a conspiracy going on there look i i don't mind conspiracy theories (laughs) i just always like thinking there's an alternative explanation for everything Uh, i'm not saying there is but you know i do sometimes uh ponder it how about you steve how what's your memory of the fateful day
1: yeah, oh, I was. It was a scary morning going to going to school that day. I remember being in class and just thinking, everyone just chatting about like, is are we going to war? Like, it was just a it was a thought of like, are we going? Is this is this the start of something, something big? I mean, it's probably what it's probably what a lot of teenagers are going through now. Like with when it when COVID first started, it's probably like you know this is a huge change in the world. I remember it changed the world for yeah for good and bad reasons it was uh yeah
0: incredible moment there was an interesting article on the news website a couple of weeks ago and it was actually about luke darcy and the western bulldogs team of 2001 they were having their post footy trip in new york yeah and actually the morning of uh, september 11 they were walking towards the world trade center probably to do a tour and they just remember um just seeing people flocking away from the site and the smoke and uh, funny thing, Tony Libertore also bumped into Michael Jackson on that day and said hello. So it was quite an interesting story that hadn't really been uh, publicised until recently. Wow, so.
1: I think I yeah, I think I remember seeing something like that. Um, I was there this time last year, and um, I was going to go to the US Open, uh, but I didn't. It was on the other. It's where they have the US Open. It's like. In the near past, Brooklyn, and we were staying on the other side, on on the western side of the Hudson River. Did you guys see Djokovic uh, knock out the linesman <laughs> at this year's US Open this week? What a what a what a hit! <laughs>
2: <laughs> Do you want to give a bit of a background as to what happened?
1: Well, what's Novak D- Djokovic. It's it's a tough last name to say, I must say. Is it Djokovic or Djokovic? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not good more, with the Serbian last names. The Joker. The Joker. He's finished a point, turned towards the the person, and hit the ball towards the back of the court. Got her in the throat. She's gone down like like a like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> sack of potatoes. Yeah, that's a good one. And um, yeah, got her right in the throat. So
0: it's a it's not a great hit. Have you seen the footage, Dane? I'm still yet to see the footage mate I've seen <laughs> fiddy fini- uh, I've seen photos still images of it, but um I haven't seen it, so I'm looking forward to seeing it. Steve
2: was it intentional or an honest mistake
0: um I don't know I
1: think I think Joker's a bit of a a bit of a a hothead, but maybe it was what it was a mistake. What do you reckon
0: oh he's I was just going to say hothead he's got those evil eyes. As well, yeah, a bit like uh, old Matty Cottrell from Carlton. <laughs> you see his celebration the other night; That was awesome. real devilish look on his face. Uh, I disagree, it. and they I disagree. and they loved it after the show. Um, no, I really,
2: just on a side note, I really liked that celebration. I think it. Yeah. I think there was a bit of every Carlton supporter in that celebration. Um, yeah, but I mean, what. What defines, what makes an honest mistake? How do you distinguish that between something that's intentional? Isn't it in the name still? It's honest. Meaning what? <laughs>
0: well, I guess, I guess you didn't intend for anything bad to happen, but something bad has just happened as a, as a, you know, unlucky. It's been unlucky. So for yeah. example, Djokovic had no intention of hitting the lines woman with the tennis ball, but it happened, you know, bad luck. So, um, he honestly didn't intend to do it. So, is there a difference
1: between an honest, honest mistake and a mistake?
2: Yeah, What's I think so. Yeah, so that that's what I was trying to get to the core of. I think Dane hit the nail on the head there. I think it's around intent. I think it's around the word intent. Um, and an honest mistake, you think you were doing the right thing, but you've you've made an error. So, okay. in that regard, do you think Djokovic?
0: had the right intention of hitting the ball to the back or he shouldn't have done that and unfortunately something bad has happened as a result so it kind of made it look worse because he shouldn't have been doing what he was doing in the first place
2: yeah I think having watched a fair bit of tennis over the years and played the sport as well I've never played it to a level where I've had line ball boys or ball girls but I think (laughs) he definitely increased the level of risk in what he was doing when he mm. launched the ball. Usually <laughs> when they um they dribble it back to the line to the ball boys. They dribble it along the ground. They don't launch it. Would you agree, Steve?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. you never hit it high. Uh, you, no. You it's along the ground. Yeah. There's there's rules. And I, I, I don't know, I feel like Joker's got a bit of a bad reputation. He's done for, I don't know, I feel like Yeah,
0: he's losing a bit of his class that he used to have. I think also, athletes are athletes. Um, They're held up in such high regard. Not of their choosing, though. The public portrays them as these saints and angels that should know better. But they're just humans. Yes, they've got a great skill. They're a tennis player or an actor or they're a movie star. We hold them to such high regard and and such a high moral standard that they should be an example for, for the general public. But when they chose their profession, I don't believe that that should be part of it. Yes of course you want to see them acting um, respectfully and appropriately but sometimes we all make mistakes mm. you know it's how we move on from them but I think these days it's captured in the media and then it's blown out of proportion And I can I've- understand why though people in the spotlight get frustrated
2: and I mean we're just three everyday knockabout blokes have have either of you ever made an honest mistake
0: an honest mistake or a mistake honest okay well uh, one that popped into mind for me was something really innocent um you boys have probably experienced this as well you might be walking down uh walking down brunswick street on a night out you might be going to the pub you might just be walking in a supermarket and you see you know, an attractive lady walk past and she kind of captures your attention for a moment or two and you accidentally bump into another patron. So that's happened to me on, on a few occasions. Yeah. <laughs> so a bit of an honest mistake. Um, that's one that, you know, a bit of a lighthearted one that came to mind. Another one which, this this is a bit, it's not quite an honest mistake but it popped into my mind. And I think a lot of people can resonate with this one. So this is when you go, you purchase uh, tickets at the cinema and you're perhaps positioned towards the front. I know we all prefer sitting towards the back uh, of the cinema. And you decide to just sit in someone else's seat because (laughs) the cinema is not very crowded. Yeah. So you choose some seats (laughs) of your liking, even though your uh, ticket does say uh, seat E9, you choose to sit on seat G6. Um, and then when the when the people that actually have that ticket come up and, and try to sit down, you go, oh, you pretend as if you it was you honestly made the mistake of sitting in the wrong chair. And you, you pull your ticket out and you look at it and you go, oh, isn't this row row E or G or whatever? So that's another one that came to mind.
2: That's definitely happened to all of us. How that about line? yourself, uh, Steve?
0: It. What's an honest mistake that comes to mind? Um... You're pretty perfect, so you probably ne- never made any yeah, mistakes. This,
1: this is this is hard for me. Uh, I, once I was on, <laughs> once I was on Facebook back in the day, as you do, <laughs> and I went to I went to search somebody, um, and instead of searching in the search bar of people, I put it as my display status
0: <laughs> oh, of the no.
1: person's full name. <laughs> oh no! And um, <laughs> it took me about it took me about five seconds to realise, and I've gone, oh shit. <laughs> And I'm trying. You, you, you've never quick how quickly you've realised to try and delete a post. You're you're sitting there, try you know, trying to find the little corners, <laughs> the little three dots where it says you know, delete. Are you sure you <laughs> want to delete this post? Yes, you 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 know, you've gone through all the motions. You bring it, you you know, you get relief. It's relief after it happened. But uh, yeah, that's probably something I've accidentally done, <laughs> and it's it's more just like I was just trying to see how they're going, what they're up to, and yeah. um. You just broadcast yeah. it
2: for everyone. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Another one which comes to mind uh, on a similar note, Steve, is when you are looking at someone's pictures and you accidentally double tap for a like on Instagram oh, yep, yep. and you're trying quickly double tap <laughs> to get it back and you hope that they don't see it. <laughs> yeah.
2: 100%. How about yourself, Um, Honest oh, mistake
0: really that you've made.
2: Yeah, I think uh, one that came to mind was uh, there was there was a time when I was out for burgers, obviously pre-COVID. I was out for burgers with my partner, my two sisters and my cousin. And I tried to be a good bloke and offer to go to the counter and order everyone's meals for them. And so I had to remember one, two, three, four, five different orders. Um, all wanted different types of burgers with different types of fries and different types of sauce. And, um, yeah, obviously didn't correctly recall all of them and made the mistake of messing up my, my precious sister George's order to which she was pretty disappointed. But, yeah, honest mistake, honest mistake. <laughs> just didn't have the brain capacity to remember all of them.
0: And it's an honest mistake and you were trying to be the good well, the good guy. And you were being the good guy just unfortunately uh, got a bit tangled. The, the yeah. order's got a bit tangled in your, in your mind.
2: It happens don't, to the best
0: of us. But, but boys, oh,
1: sorry, Steve. Go. Don't don't ever do that to me, Stel. Uh, just make sure you get my meal right because uh,
0: that's it's life threatening. <laughs> it is life or death. Yeah, yeah. Innocent mistakes, honest, honest mistakes. You know, we all make them. I think it's how we move on and yeah. we learn from them. I'm sure, um, in the you know, ever since that that date, Steve. You've made sure you've posted. Uh, you've you've searched in the search bar. Yep. <laughs> yep. we've well, never never uh, made that mistake yeah. again. In the in
1: the Facebook um, actual uh, application, it says "What's on your mind?" and uh, well, <laughs> what you're meant to type in. And after deleting it, I've realised that if someone's actually like seen that, um, hopefully that no one did, but someone must have thought that that is exactly what's on my mind. So uh, yeah, let's I saw let's never. You saw it.
2: we <laughs> be doing a reveal of who it was next week.
0: Oh, fantastic. Well, I look forward to hearing
2: this. <laughs> um, speaking of honest mistakes, Dane, did someone from the club you so dearly support, the Richmond Football Club, did, did any players make some honest mistakes in the past few weeks?
0: I'm um, not sure that I'm following. <laughs> Still, do you want to give me a bit more information? Struggling to
2: make, make sense of what you got to say there. Steve, I recall a couple of players um, being sent home. Is that right?
0: Yes.
1: Uh, so, uh, well, all I heard was uh, a kebab joint um, <laughs> pissed at 3 a.m. That's all I saw. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's probably a good reason that to been anyone. be sent home. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, no, and so it wasn't what, Dane's
0: frat party. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah that's right. <laughs> no, well, unfortunately, uh, two Richmond players did make the unfortunate decision to leave the hub, which they have been under clear instructions not to do. Uh, they chose to go out. Um, I'm aware that it was at a strip club. Um, they had been drinking and they got themselves into a brawl. Unfortunately, I don't think that is an honest mistake. No. Um, they made those decisions. They knew, obviously, maybe the, the, the brawl maybe came about from spruiking from other um, people, but still they put them in that vulnerable position. What I don't understand and what I don't think is fair is that Richmond, the club got fined $100,000 for that action. Now, I don't believe that is Richmond's responsibility. Those players made the decision to leave the hub. I'm sure no Richmond officials knew, otherwise they would have prevented that from happening. Mm. These players have gone out of their own accord, got themselves into trouble, and the club has to to um, foot the bill. Um, I don't think that's fair. and I'm not, I'm not just saying that because it's Richmond. I don't think that'd be fair for any club, because they they made the decision they they should uh, suffer the consequences. Do you think
1: a better punishment would have been yeah bigger fines for the players or do you like? Because I'm almost on the bandwagon of you know premiership points. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm going the opposite opposite way. Let's uh let's let's that, you, you've had plenty of chances like. There's no Carlton players
0: doing that. <laughs> no, oh, you're right. It's a, it's a, it's a hard one. Um, I just think that you have to, some, at some point, separate the individual from the club. If it, if it was something that happened on the footy field, uh, by all means, punish the club. If, if it was something, a violent act that happened during a game, of course, that's that's while these players are representing the club. But after hours... They've gone out, chosen to leave an area where they sh- have been strictly told not to leave. That's no longer in the hands of the club. That's in those individuals. Um, so, but that's just my point. Of, that's my point of view on it. And look, I'm not saying that what what what's right and what's what's wrong. But yeah, that was definitely not an honest mistake.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think yeah, it's um, it's pretty straight down the line. Unfortunately, yeah, they were. Richmond players, and they are representing the footy club. These are multi-million-dollar industries, and you know when they take on these massive salaries and they enter these roles, part of their responsibility is to represent the club appropriately. And so, but you're right. I mean, it's 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 sad for Richmond that because I'm sure 99% of the organisation is doing the right thing, but um, they've obviously a couple of people have stepped out of line.
0: I'm going to put it to you this way, okay, Stel and Steve. Let's say you went out for a night out, made some stupid mistakes, put yourself in the exact same position as, as these two Richmond players. Would you expect your uh, workplaces to have to cover the fine for your
2: actions? Um, I think the fine is a consequence. And I think I would expect that my work and by nature of my work myself would receive those consequences, yeah. Because, I mean, I've signed a contract that I'm representing the Department of Education and then part of that is if I go out and do something silly or dumb that puts my reputation and then my workplace's reputation at stake, then that there should be consequences. But that, that would
0: never happen. The <laughs> Department of Education would never have to foot the bill. It would all fall on you.
2: I think that there would be consequences, whether it was financial or some other type of consequence. But what, um, yeah, what, what about for you,
1: Steve? Well, what would happen if you got sent away to a conference in Sydney or something, and you went out with the team, the team, the yeah, your team, <laughs> <The> team, <teaching laughs> um, yeah, the teaching team, or you know your work team, and something happened? It's a, it's it's completely. Different situations, but yeah, I, 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 I see where yes, I see what you're saying, Dane. But I also think that yeah, they are role models, and mm. I think yeah, the club has to be presenting them as you know,
0: yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Yeah, but I'm just get, yeah, Sydney Stacks, 19 years old. You know, it's a lot. I made a wrong decision, but of, we, I think we often forget how young these AFL players are. Yeah, You know, and um, Steel Sidebottom was another one that came into, like his actions came into disrepute, disrepute earlier in the year. And it's like, you got to cut them some slack. They're just people. You know, they, they can- provide us a lot of entertainment and joy through the week. But as soon as they do something wrong, we're so quick to, to penalize them
2: yeah especially when it comes to social media and you see these keyboard warriors and trolls get on and they cross the line they're habitual line crosses mm. um, and I think yeah. they do deserve a slap on the wrist for what they've done mm. and, and to you know do the natural consequences whether that's a monetary fine or missing a certain number of games but when it goes into the realm of and Eddie Betts was good. He came out and put out a tweet defending Sydney Stack, but still acknowledging that he'd made a serious mistake, putting you know the whole competition at risk mm. and that sort of thing. But just told everyone to sort of put the brakes with all the all the crap that he was copying on on mm. social media because people go too far and they don't have mm. a filter and they can't distinguish between mm. right and wrong and mm. what's a really cruel thing to say to like you said, it's such a, a young kid. Um, yeah, that's right yeah I think there's a line for sure, yeah um but I mean, obviously the mistakes that they made that happened in the context of um probably having a bit too much to drink, and like you said, Steve ended up with a bit of garlic sauce on their lips afterwards towards the end <laughs> of the night um, in terms of drinking and and where that sits just in in an Australian culture um do you guys have a take on do you think it plays an important role in in our lives?
0: I think yeah. Uh, drinking culture is massive in Australia, and you know, often we we often see the negative consequences of it. You know, that's what that's what we see. That's what's publicised in the media, as we can see with our sports stars and and celebrities. Often, if they're in trouble, chances are it's got something to do with alcohol. Mm. Um, but we enjoy. I think we we're pretty responsible, and we enjoy the drinking culture. You know, we enjoy, enjoy catching up for a beer. You know, watching the footy, or um, you know, catching up over a barbecue or something, and and enjoying a beer. So I think if you if you do it responsibly, it's a really enjoyable experience. Um, it's when it goes too far that's when it that's when it um, becomes troublesome. Um, do you boys know the definition of binge drinking in Australia? What constitutes binge drinking? No, no.
1: no. What is it?
0: so uh for males it's more than six drinks in one sitting and for females it's four or more drinks in one sitting so yeah um and that's standard drinks so it's actually not that much considering you know you can go out and and have six beers but generally you're drinking you know stubbies which is more than one beer or one standard drink sorry so um yeah it can it can add up quite quickly
2: So, if that is the definition of binge drinking, Steve, can I put this to you? Can you tell me one place where maybe binge drinking is perceived to be acceptable and one place where binge drinking is not acceptable in Australian society?
1: Um, It's a good question. Great question, Steph. I wish I was briefed on this one beforehand, but I
2: think... Definitely not say we're doing this topic, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just the uh, I think how about I'll kick us off. I'll tell you one place that it's probably not acceptable is in a church, yep, but or in a religious group. But and then on the other hand, say if you're going to a funeral um, or a wedding, which the main services will take part in the church, but then afterwards, at like the wake or the reception, you probably there would be a few people who binge drink. So it's like some components of it are acceptable mm. and others not so much.
0: Yeah, I think um, I think it also depends on like the type of uh, person you are when you when you do drink. So, for yeah, example, 100%. a lot of people probably binge drink at the footy and, and, you know, if you, if you're responsible when you do that, you know, it's, it's all fun and games, but you often see a lot of brawls at, you know, footy games and especially over like, you know, I know we're talking about Australian society, but I know in Europe, you know, at the soccer, there's often lots of brawls and, uh, and that, and I think that's due to the, the level of drinking. Um, so I'd say sports, sports games, you know, it's a fine line because how are you going to act once you have been drinking? Um, and
2: I reckon you see different levels of socially acceptable drinking as well. You mm. see when you go out, whether it's to the footy, like you said, or to a birthday party or to a reception, you see I think there's there's a pie chart of different people. Do you do you guys notice that as well?
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think going back to where it's not acceptable, I think – if no one else is really drinking and someone's drinking and binge drinking, you know that that for me that's not an acceptable um, position. But uh, look, it's it's a, it's a tough one. It's such a tough one, and you know we don't want to don't want to really cause a stir around this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I think it's it's what you think is re- sensible for yourself. Yeah, and I mean, they've brought in like a lot of really good
1: programs to help. Like even just watching the footy the other night, the drink wise campaign, mm. it's a, it's a really good like, and I love the ad they have with it in terms of like the things you'll miss if you do binge drink. But yeah, and, and it's obviously a, a lot happens a lot more when you're younger, um, and then the the, old, the older you get, it's probably more at the big events in your life, um, not events, but you know the things you can celebrate, and I think you can celebrate with a few drinks, but you can also you've also you know have to be responsible at to a point but I think we're like all, all us three are uh, quite responsible I think most of the time and yeah. Um, not judging by those videos that you sent through, <laughs> through the week. <laughs> yeah that was a good reminder of uh, a few years back.
2: Yeah I think <laughs> the three of us sort of float in three categories um, around binge drinking and I think the ones that, that when I was reflecting on that I came up with were abstaining so when we go out um, there might be a few other people drinking or it's just maybe we're driving maybe you're in a bit of a a fitness bubble or maybe you're just going through a bit of a change in your life and you just want to steady things up and you abstain you don't drink at all and so you can go out um, just have a good night without doing it and then there's i think uh, just above that there's those typical drinking which is just you know one beer, drive home. You just kind of sit on the pot, have a have a nice chat with your friends, and then I think you're getting a little bit tipsy. Maybe someone else dro- someone else drove that night. You maybe you've had a, a tough week or something to celebrate, and have a few drinks. Don't necessarily lose um, control, but you you get a bit um, get a bit tipsy, a little bit you know, moving around, the shoulders <laughs> bopping, just a bit bit smiley. Um, But I think those all sort of fall before you get to that level of binge drinking as well Mm. that you can do as well. Yeah, Mm.
0: definitely. I think uh, this period, especially during COVID, I think people have taken it one of two ways. I think some people have gone, I'm going to use this as an excuse not to drink because I don't have those social events that I'm going to be required to drink or there's going to be other people drinking. So some people will probably take get the health benefits benefits from not doing that, but then I think other people will be drinking more because they're isolated. Um, it's a bit of a, a comfort for them, uh, you know, being being alone. What can I do? Well, I can drink, and maybe that if I am feeling you know depressed and, and anxious because of what's going on, um, this is a bit of a comfort for me. So yeah, yeah. it's a really interesting time I think in, in Australia at the moment with the drinking culture.
1: Yeah. And I, I, even sometimes after work, you, I'll, I'll have a beer probably a couple of nights, probably maybe three or four nights a week, but you find it that it's just so easy. Like it's just something you, yeah, it's just, it's such an easy thing to do. Um, and that's fine to, you know, celebrate or relax, wind down with the day. But once it becomes, you know, a common occurrence and you, you can't live without it, I think that's when it becomes a problem. Um, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, and like Dane was talking about how some people drink for different reasons, and and it sounds like you use it, Steve, as something. You are like a self-disciplined drinker. Sometimes you know when you're having those ones after work, you can you're self-disciplined <laughs> enough to have one or two. Just as a bit of a, you know, to wind down. You know when to say no to the third. You can just sort of use it as something to help you relax. Is that right? Yeah, uh, yeah, it is. Um, but I find
1: I i don't do it on the week, like during the weekend. Like uh, it's weird because I'll do it sort of during the week to sort of wind down from the day and have with my dinner. But on yeah. the weekends, where it used to be before, you know, when we'd go, you know, go out for dinner or go out for some drinks, I'd do it more on the weekend. But now I'm noticing I'm doing it more on the weekdays. <laughs>
2: So, would you say that there was a different why pre-COVID for the weekends? What would you say that was geared towards more loosening pro- up before you went out?
1: No, it's probably more cel- like celebration that, you know, to see you guys to, you know, go out with bridge or something, it would be more celebration, whereas now it's sort of more to... And I don't think I'm using it to, to cope with it. I think it's more just to, just to, to relax and to... To have, you know, yeah, I don't think it's a, it's a problem, but yeah, it's probably something I, sh- I can cut back on. How about you guys? Have you, have you noticed you've gone either way with it?
2: Well, what makes, what makes you say s- you would cut back on it? What do you mean? You just mentioned that you, it's something that you could cut back on. Why, why do you think that is?
1: Oh, probably more just, just to not rely on it and not make it so easy. Um, and it's, uh, I actually quite like it when I'm not. When I don't have it in my house, because then I know that it's not there. Uh, but it's not a worry for me because I'm not. I don't feel like I, I rely on it.
0: Do you think, uh, Steve, that at the moment, why you say you're drinking sometimes during the week? It's because you're working from home. Do you think it's like kind of breaks up end of work to then just leisure absolutely. time after that? So it's like that. It kind of is a signal that okay, I now I can switch off. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I find that I'm not oh, not drinking at all. Really, I've I've occasionally had a couple of beers. I had a couple of beers for my birthday. Um, there's been a few times on the podcast I've had one, but really, I'm using it as a good opportunity not to drink. I know there'll be yep. probably plenty of opportunities to drink once we can start catching up and socialising again. Um, and I think yeah, not having alcohol in the fridge makes a massive difference. At the mm. moment, I've got a I've got a slab of Budweiser there, and it's I haven't. I've got about three bottle, three stubbies in the fridge, but the rest is outside of the fridge. So if it's not cold, I'm not going to drink it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, how about yourself, Stal? Have has your drinking um, habits changed, or have they remained the same during this period?
2: Um, I think I do enjoy having one or two beers throughout the week, particularly. Um, yeah, one of our friends Ben, he's got me onto a couple of nice craft beers, but um, yeah, no, I definitely enjoy just winding down at the end of the night, maybe having one. But in saying that, probably definitely don't do it every night. It's probably like a once or twice a week thing and I haven't had a beer for maybe the past few weeks just because I haven't had any. But um, yeah, no, I think it's uh, one of those things that if the reasons for why you're doing it aren't necessarily uh, purely, it's it's your coping mechanism to help you um calm down and you're not getting into any unhealthy habits then you know i think i think it's okay i think it's all right mm. to to have it in moderation i think it's a, a nice part of the week it's a nice cool drink um yeah it's nice
0: yeah well it'd be nice to to catch up at a pub with you boys yeah, uh, yeah. in the near future um yeah. speaking of pubs you know we've we've attended plenty in our time and we've seen we've been to some great ones and to some not so good ones (laughs) um steve got a question for you yes you could own any pub in australia which pub would it be and why would it be that pub um
1: for me it's the ocean grove no the ocean grove the byron bay (laughs) you're struggling there yeah the byron bay the beach. beach hotel, it is. It is one of my favorites. Just a perfect location. The weather's always good there. It that would be a great pub to own, I reckon. I reckon it would. Yeah, be.
0: and I think if you owned it, uh, Steve, you'd you'd have um, some reasonable prices there because I can tell you, <laughs> I was there this time last year, and the prices are ridiculously expensive. So yep. I look forward to going up there when you're the publican and uh, getting <laughs> um, a, getting a schooner for a reasonable price.
2: Definitely. Yeah. What about definitely. you, Stel? Um, I had to think about this one and I went with the Torquay Hotel is the one that I'd pick. And as for the why, I think the lifestyle, you know, if I'm going to own the pub, I get to be close enough to friends and family back home. I get to live by the beach, you know, be an active part of the local community down there in Torquay. And then on the weekends, can have someone there to do some live music, maybe Danos, um, pay him a bit of cash or maybe a free palmer and pot to come down and do some sets. Um, just have the footy going, maybe a cheeky dance floor. I think it just, it would fit in well with me at the Torquay Hotel. Yeah. It's hotel. hotel is yeah. a
1: great spot.
0: Amazing. And we've spent a few nights there dancing to the the lovely tunes of uh, Harlow and Hartwell, yes. one band that... That Shout played out. there, which Steve, you tried to get for your wedding, but they were booked out.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. How about you, Dinos?
0: Yeah, I didn't think about Torquay Hotel, but when, as soon as you said that, I thought, yeah, that's a great spot. But um, my choice was, well, another choice was the Beach Hotel, Steve, which yeah. uh, you chose. But the Y River pub for me oh, yeah. uh, is, yes. is a magic place primarily for the views yeah. because uh, up at that pub at Y River, it is just... Pristine views of the ocean. You see the sets rolling in. Like it's aesthetically, it's not the nicest pub. It's quite old school, a bit run down. But you, I'd, I'd be purchasing it. I'd be running it for the, for the location, and it's just a great place to be.
2: Yeah, we've all sort of named three pretty good drinking locations. Do you guys have any other, other, any others? Sorry to add to the list of places that you enjoy a beverage and
0: well i think i think one uh place which we can all agree on is where we've agreed that it would be a great place to go back to and clink glasses would be the buddha bar in oh, byron bay which yes. is out now actually the byron bay brewery which is um in the car park the shared car park for the arts factory lodge um that was that was magic you know oh. Five. It gets around five PM each day while we spent our uh, seven days in Byron, and let's go over to the Buddha Bar, have a have a pint and uh, magic magic times there. So that'd be another spot for me. That's such a good spot. Ha- so how about nice. you, Stel?
2: Um, I I had three. Do you mind Jeez, if I quickly is, run through? Is this, them?
0: is this a list like Steve's favorite places <laughs> in the world list?
2: No, I just thought given the current way the world is, I had to reel these off at the moment. <laughs> Great place to have a drink is the couch or the dining table because you can't really get to any <laughs> other places. Jeez, um, for You're a scraping, summer's day... scraping
0: the bottom of the barrel for these ones.
2: <laughs> no, no, it it um it gets better. So for a summer's day, uh, I went with the Salty Dog Cafe down at Torquay. Again, get to go and see you playing some tunes down there in the summer. Have a laugh, have a beer. That's
0: at Bomboras above Salty Salty Dog.
2: Yeah, I was. Trying to think about that. So Bombora still owns the bar that's above the Salty Dog, is that right?
0: Yeah, the 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 pop-up bar
2: is Bombora's. The bar. And, uh, that's uh, right. They
0: sold the cafe downstairs, downstairs so, to the Salty, Salty, Dog. The Salty
2: Dog, yeah. Yeah. And for the footy, I said the Great Northern in Carlton got the big screen outside. You got yes. it's weather friendly, so it's covered whether it's raining. It's good vibes. There's dogs allowed. It's just you're onto a winner. Yeah. Go go there watch the footy.
1: And that's a great, uh, famous Carlton Hotel, Stell. That's probably why you also love it. Um, yeah, great choices.
0: Wouldn't get Wouldn't get our good mate David Toscano there, would you? No, nah,
1: no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Although we Would've... did go there for your birthday, still a, a couple of years ago, and uh, that was yeah. a great night. So David was there, so he, he he did sneak in, and we'll have to remind him that he, he does love Carlton as, as his second favourite team.
2: <laughs> Steve, you got any good watering holes?
1: Oh... Uh, Probably, I was just thinking when you guys were um, listing them off, we went to a great, um, I, I, I quite like uh, rooftop bars. Mm-hmm. Any rooftop oh, yeah. bar, I think, Good just, vibes. just has great vibes. Get, gets me off, I think. Just real, <laughs> <laughs> real. I don't know, just something about it, like a nice summer's day or a, or a nice evening. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, But yeah, some some great. The Lawn Hotel was a great uh, pub, which would be another pub that I'd own.
0: Um, Rooftop Bar as well. Did you remember going to the rooftop bar in Austin and we played Cornhole? Yeah, that's right. I'd love to live in Austin. Well, how did that. How did that. How do you play that game again? So there's like a board, um, a built up board. It's kind of like a box and it's got a hole in it. And then you stand about 10 meters away with like a, a sack, like a. What do you call those little. Sacks that have uh, like hacky a sack. sack, not a hacky bean sack. Bean bag, bean bag, a bean bag, of course, a bean bag, a little bean <laughs> bag, and you got to try and get it in the cornhole. But yeah, anyway, uh, so
2: great yes. game. Yes, I, I do remember that. that. That rooftop bar had heaps of different had cool heaps of games. games. They had yeah. the you
0: have to get the hook, uh, the the ring on the hook.
2: Yes, tied yes. to the string
0: at the try and aim and get on the hook, and that's right. They had the uh, the ultimate giant Jenga. That was another oh, yeah. good one they had up there. So. But, boys, um, another – oh, sorry, Steve, go ahead, mate. Oh, I was just going to say there was another rooftop bar that I went to in
1: Brooklyn um, to see the the skyline of New York, and mm. that was a really good Amazing. spot. It took us ages to get in, but it was mm. no wonder because, yeah, very popular place, beautiful. Can town. you remember
2: what it's called? I can't remember.
1: I'll,
0: I'll, I'll put it in the show notes if I remember. yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, uh, it's like going to the pub is definitely one thing I'm looking forward to after this period. Another yep. thing which I've really missed is going to the cinemas. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, joining you boys at you know the Croydon cinema is a great one because they they have some really cheap yeah. cheap deals and it's quite a cozy little cinema. Um, I think Steve, we had a cinema to ourselves one night. It was just me and you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what movie that was, but uh, uh Stel or Steve, um, you know which what are some movies that you know that are coming out and you just can't wait to see as soon as as soon as the they roll the red carpet out and you can you can get to the cinemas
2: I saw a preview for the new James Bond movie which I think is going to be Daniel Craig's final movie as Bond I let our resident um, James Bond expert confirm that Steve is that right That's correct <laughs> um, yeah that's probably one that I'm looking forward to and and Batman. Saw a preview for that with the new um, Robert Pattinson as as the Batman in that. And they look
0: like two beauties. That's great. Steve, I can imagine you're looking forward to the, the new Bond film. What's it called? No Time to Die. No Time to Die. And um, why are you looking forward to this one? Uh,
1: the last three or four Daniel Craig, or actually probably the last two or three Daniel Craig movies as Bond have been incredible i think they've probably been my favorite bond movies overall probably as well as um golden eye that was a classic just because of the game as well the N- n64 game but um i think it's going to be a, i think it's going to be a ripper
0: do you think that uh, could be your favorite those those movies uh, are your favorite bonds because of daniel craig but also because of the special effects you know the things that they can do in cinema now is a lot more advanced than what they would have done pre the 90s
1: yeah I don't, I actually think the storyline that they've created recently have been a lot better. They've had a lot okay. of history about Bond and I think M died in well, yep. I just gave it away in um <laughs> I can't remember the movie. I think it's Skyfall. And yeah, I think they've just they've advanced the story a lot more in in, in more because they think I think they just they're just a lot better writers. Um mm now so yeah I've, I've really enjoyed the most recent bond so i'm looking for i can't wait to the to the new one comes out in november
0: so daniel craig's last role as bond and it was I, I remember before this one was announced that he was uh on the fence about doing this movie so it's good mm-hmm. they've got another one out of him i've i've looked up a bit of a list of who are maybe next in in store for the uh james bond role who, I'll, I'll read them off in a moment, but have you boys got any any actors front of mind for who you think would make a good James Bond?
2: Yeah, I think 007. I think um, the one that I've thought of is, is an Aussie, so there's no bias there, but um, this guy is a triple threat, like you, Dane. I think sing, I know
0: who you're talking about there, son.
2: Sing, dance, and act, so why not save <laughs> the world as well? I yep. went with Hugh, Hugh Jackman, I reckon, would make a good Bond.
0: Yeah, an Aussie yeah. accent would be a nice touch on Bond. How about you, Steve? Who do you think? Um, I, I quite like Idris Elba.
1: I think he's been Ooh. Um, looked at as being yeah. the next Bond, and I think that would be a quite quite a good change. And, yeah, I think it'd be, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to see him get the gig and, um, yeah.
0: All right, I'm going to read off a list of, of the ones that have been penned as possible actors and just give me a, a yes or no. All right. yeah, whether or not they'll be a good fit for the role. Uh, Robert Pattinson. No. The bad No way. Henry Cavill. Superman. No.
2: Oh, but he's Superman. Can you yeah. do two superheroes? No. Uh,
0: Harry Styles. nah No. Not an actor. He's starred in one movie, um, the war movie. Uh, I can't remember what. Uh, D- Dunkirk. And he was That's actually quite, quite right. good in that. But, yeah, no, he's too, too amateur for um, such an important role. Tom Hardy. Bernie. yeah,
2: Oh, Tom Hardy. I could see. Out of Peaky
0: Blinders? No, um, not Peaky. Yeah, Peaky Blinders, yeah.
2: Maybe. Sitting on the fence, good. He's got a bit uh, more... He's a bit more buff than... Uh, James Bond is sleek, isn't he? He's, he's lean. Although yeah. he's an actor... You've seen how much someone like Christian Bale can change their appearance. That's right. To, you know, um, and yeah. you said
0: Idris Elba was also on that list. Steve, you said yes. How about you, still?
2: Was Hugh Jackman on that list? No. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know much about Idris, but um, yeah, why not?
0: Um, Sam Heughan, he was on Outlander. He was. Have you boys seen Outlander? No. 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 Um, Michael B. Jordan.
2: Don't know him. Don't oh, know him hang either. on. Is he? Is he play a boxer in a movie? Yes, Creed. Creed. Yeah, he's cool. He's cool. But I think Bond needs to have a level sleek. of sleek sophistication. Um, can I ask you a question? Did you guys know much about Daniel Craig before he was James Bond? No, no,
0: Nothing. I didn't
2: know. But he's been a great Bond. I think he's as. I think he's been one of my favourites.
0: Yeah. 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 He's he's been good. Brings a different take to the role, but I suppose that's the good thing about different bonds. You don't want the same type of actor playing it each time, yeah. You know, because yeah. it just freshens it up. Um, and just the last one, Tom Hiddleston, who uh, yeah, how about him as a don't know um, him? Tom Hiddleston is uh, th- who's Thor's brother. Um.
2: Oh uh, uh, yes.
0: Yep. Loki, I know, I know the know. face. That's right. Um, he's also, oh, he's played heaps of roles. Tom Hiddleston, but yeah. Anyway, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see who does take over. Have you guys seen a
1: show? Uh, it, I think it's, a, it's a, I think it's on Netflix. Um, a, it's like a, he's like a MI6 agent. He's like a government agent. It's like an English TV show. Um, I think there are about five or six episodes. It was just, it's just one season. Um,
2: it's oh, not a bodyguard. On, um, yeah, bodyguard. bodyguard.
1: Yes. That guy, he's great. I could imagine him as Bond. Um, well, he's in he's Scottish in accent.
2: Yeah, it's great. That's right. He so, was good in Game of Thrones as well. He yeah. Really? He wasn't... Yeah, I don't want to do spoiler alerts, but he had a lot of uh, charisma when yeah. he's on the screen. Yeah.
0: You'd like to see him as a Bond potential Bond, Steve? I think I don't that's a
2: good candidate. That's yeah. good right.
1: good Steve. I think... I mean, it's probably a similar role that he's already played, but it doesn't matter because I think, yeah,
0: I think... He proves he, that he can do it.
1: Yes, exactly.
2: Danos, did you have one from the list that you read off or maybe one in particular that stood out?
0: Oh Well, I actually thought, yeah, Hugh Jackman for an Australian take on it. Um, yeah. I also considered uh, Chris Hemsworth. Oh, yeah. He'd oh, yeah. be interesting. But once again, he's Thor. So it's you don't want to cross the lines between superheroes. I know um, Michael... Keaton when he was the uh, when he was um what's the role that role he played where he was that weird uh. birdman no, no not the birdman oh I can't think of it now it's like a Halloween character um oh got gotta find this gotta find it
2: tip of your tongue <laughs>
0: yeah because he played this role and then he was unable to get roles in Hollywood because he was like. You, you, that's who you are. So, you know, um, yeah, when, you, when you've chosen, when, you, when you're when uh, you Beetlejuice. Oh, so he was Beetlejuice and then he found it really hard to get a role as anything else in Hollywood because people- He pigeonholed he was, himself. He pigeonholed himself and people yeah. were like, well, you're Beetlejuice, you can't be anyone else.
2: Yeah.
1: Speaking of superhero movies, Batman's coming out uh, the next Batman. year as well. Um, Robert Patterson as mm-hmm. the Batman. Um, it's going to be interesting. It, really interesting. Are you looking forward to it, Sel? Or I think yeah? it's.
2: Oh, take a guess. Number between one and five. How many villains there's going to be in this movie?
0: Well, I know there's the Riddler and there's yep. Penguin. Yep. Those are the only two I'm aware of from watching the, um, the trailer. So I'm going yep. to say. I'm going to say.
2: Three villains this so there's four villains um, because I think Catwoman might be getting cast as a villain okay and also a character called Carmine Falcone does that ring a bell no he's a big mob boss um, from the Batman series so I, I wonder if four villains is too many villains so, you know sometimes you see some movies that just have one main villain And it's, um, you know, it's the battle between good versus evil. So I wonder how they're going to approach it with the four and uh, maybe if they've uh, spread themselves too thin. It's going to be interesting.
0: And I think uh, one of you made the comment in a call we had earlier in the week that it had a real dark um, vibe to it. And I did watch the trailer and it does seem very dark. But I must say, I do like um, the Batman's costume, his armor. I reckon that's my favorite costume so far.
2: Yeah they they've done well with the Batman franchise. The last um, installment I think Christopher Nolan directed it and they were some of my favorite movies. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Those yeah, The Dark Knight movies and were incredible. Um, is, is that one of your favorite movies of all time?
2: I think so. Yeah. yeah. If you it was on TV free to air the other night and um, it is just it's got everything. It's yep. got a fantastic storyline. It's got you on the edge. You see, had me on the edge of my couch the whole night um, <laughs> and I've seen it a few times. So do you rate that one, Dane?
0: Oh, definitely. And and Heath Ledger plays an awesome Joker, um, yeah. which uh, that'll go down in history as, as one of the all-time Jokers. But then, you know, Joaquin Phoenix oh, came yeah. out with the Joker and it's they're totally different characters, totally different yeah. roles they're playing. It'll be interesting. What I'd like to see is in a in a future Batman is, Joaquin Phoenix playing the Joker as a villain, a yes, plot, um, in opposition to Robert Pattinson or whoever yeah. is going to be the next uh, Batman.
2: Yeah, no, nah, uh, that's going to be good.
0: Is there any other movies that you guys
1: are looking forward to that you know that are coming out? I'm not really
0: up no. to date, Steve. Um, I. I the Batman has been one on my mind, but other than that, I'm not really too familiar. Have you got any any that you know are coming out that we may be interested in?
1: I know Top Gun, uh, yeah. the oh, sequel, redoing
2: it.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: I think that got uh, got postponed to later this year or, or early next year. Which I think I don't actually think I've seen the whole first of Top Gun, but never. I, I do like Tom Cruise as an actor. I think he just always seems to provide a good value to the role.
0: Tom Cruise's Bond? No. Oh. <laughs>
2: You know, he, Tom Cruise has done some weird stuff over his life, but he does a good action movie. He's he does a, good a very good action movie. Yeah, and, um,
0: and look, and this comes back to what we are talking about before with um, the AFL players. He's an actor. Yeah. Doesn't, he doesn't have to be a good person. His job is to be an actor, and he does that really well. So yeah. a lot of people say they don't like Tom Cruise. They don't like his movies because they don't like him as a person. Yeah. But you have to kind of separate that because, you know, Tom Cruise a person is different from Tom Cruise the actor. <laughs> yeah. Um, my favourite Tom
1: Cruise uh, movie is Mission Impossible 2, where he's oh. – it's I think it's mostly based in Australia. And um, oh, yeah. oh, just just some the, sensational scenes in that. Just
0: oh, I just love it. Absolutely love it. Is that's the, a great franchise as well.
2: Yeah. Is that the self-destructing Sunnies, that one? Yes. Yeah, uh, that's iconic. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, I think the start is where he's climbing some mountains yeah. it, somewhere yeah. in Utah and then the, yeah. it's just magnificent start. And the that's whole movie right. is just brilliant. I love it.
2: And the first one was the iconic scene where he gets lowered from the roof, isn't it? Yes. And he, he can't touch the floor.
0: And he's trying to steal the jewel or something. Yeah, he's got a yeah.
2: bead of sweat that's come Yeah, no, nah, it's great movies. I recently watched the most recent one and it was yeah, really good. Yeah, you got to be pretty confident to to be an action action movie
0: star, don't you? You do definitely, and then, and and uh, Tom Cruise does a lot of his own action stunts. Um, I know he injured himself in the last Mission Impossible one when he was jumping across the rooftop. So very confident, stuff. very <laughs> confident. <laughs> a bit clueless, mainly
2: confident. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, that's a brings us to our our next. Segment, we haven't done a segment for a couple of weeks, so we've uh, we've got a new segment for, for our listeners. This one's called Confidently Clueless. Confidently
0: Clueless, who'd have thought he knew this? Maybe he's just bluffing,
2: confidently
0: clueless.
1: <laughs> it's so good, Dave. How
2: good was <laughs> that? That was a beauty. All right, so Confidently Clueless, the modus operandi for this... Just for our listeners hearing it for the first time, is Lovely. I'm gonna pose a I'm gonna pose a question, a complex question to the group. Um, and my two co-hosts are both gonna take a turn to answer. Now, their goal is not to sound clueless and to have a crack at providing an answer that sounds confident. All right. <laughs> you guys on board? Do you understand?
0: Just a question yep. in regards to that. Are you gonna then choose a winner or the best response? How are you gonna how are you gonna judge which one? is the most... Okay. I mean, what's, what's the goal? What, what what do
2: we want to achieve by the end of it? So your goal is to not sound clueless, okay? And answer it confidently. Yeah. Maybe I'll put it to you guys. Do you think I should give you the question? You both take turns to answer it. I don't want a long one. Maybe just take 30 seconds. And then would you like me to choose the winner um, by who was closer to the actual answer or just by... do We can just... Uh, See who sounded more confident.
0: Yeah, I think I like that. I think, um, see who delivers it with the most confidence and and certainty. I like that. It's basically Boulder Dash.
2: Yes, that's right. (laughs) Okay, who who would like to go first? Um, I'll go first. Okay, so I'm gonna ask the question, and because Steve, you were going first, you are going to answer straight away, seamlessly. Okay? Okay, all right. The question is. How do glow in the dark toys work?
1: Glow in the dark toys have a special kind of fabric inside them, which actually reflects the light. So what actually happens is that when the light, when it's not in darkness, hits that hits that fabric, it absorbs that light, stays in the stays in the. Um, in the object that it's glowing in du- glowing in the dark. And then once that it becomes dark, that actually shines through. So it's an incredibly, wow. incredibly beautifully f- um, chemistry uh, reaction that happens. But mm. um, yeah, it c- produces a-, a magnificent light.
2: Yeah, very interesting. And Dane, what's your take? How do glow-in-the-dark toys work?
0: Well, that's interesting, Steve, your take on it because I clearly know the reason why my glow-in-the-dark <laughs> toys work is because... Um, at the bottom of each Glow in the Dark toy, you'll notice there's a there's a hole that you can unscrew and it's plugged up. So each night, what you'll find is your parents, when you have got a Glow in the Dark toy, <laughs> will unscrew that plug. They'll go outside, they'll find some glow worms, they'll put them inside, they'll screw it back up, replace the toy exactly where it was, and ta-da, when it's dark, the glow worms come out. It appears that the toy's glowing in fact, it is the glowworms inside.
2: Very good, very good. I'm, mm. I'm actually very impressed. I think, I think, Steve, you actually got quite close with your explanation, and good on you <laughs> for going did for sound first. Like that, that would Steve.
0: Been, you. You, 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 you sound like you what you were talking about.
2: <laughs> it sounds like you got the leak on what the question was going to be. And <laughs> Danos, I think you did a great job of rebutting. I, I will tell you now: the glow in the dark products contain phosphors okay and a phosphor is a substance that radiates visible light after it's been energized you'll find them in (laughs) your tv screens or in your computer monitors okay now to make it a glow-in-the-dark toy you need a phosphor phosphor sorry that's energized by normal light um and that has that lasts for a long time so something like zinc sulfide or strontium aluminate are two examples okay um Basically, the phosphorus mixed into the plastic and and molded to make something glow in the dark. So, Steve, you were very close with your explanation. Good job, mate. And, Dane, I thought uh, a very good rebuttal. (laughs) Very creative. Well, after
0: Steve's response, I had no idea where I was going to take it because it sounded like that was spot on.
2: (laughs) No, it was very good. Very good.
1: I was quite concerned about what the question was, and I was panicking. As soon as I started talking, I was like, "How are you even going to try to explain this?" And <laughs> you did I think, well. I think my brain, my brain just started cl- trying to click about how it actually could. But I liked your st- your answer there, Dane, uh, regarding, yeah, potentially <laughs> basically just a tooth fairy.
0: <laughs> Animal cruelty
1: <laughs> as well.
2: Yeah, uh, very good. Thanks for playing along. That was good. <laughs> well right.
0: done, Stel. Good choice. It's a great segment idea. So, thanks for that, Stel. And that brings us to the end of another episode. Episode 20? twenty-seven. We're almost, we're almost getting to thirty episodes, boys. Can you believe it? And we're still in COVID. We're still in <laughs> lockdown. Far um, out. It's uh, I was listening it's, back it's to
2: episode one, and we were starting to, <laughs> we were starting to brainstorm what we were going to do when we came out of this. I think we thought it was just going to be a month or so, and uh, here we are, September.
0: <laughs> so I'm sure um, a beer may be had by by one and one or more of us tonight as we watch Richmond take on the cat the Cats. Who's going to win, Dane? Who hey, hey Tiger's going to go? Oh, look, I'm confident that Richmond can win.
2: Um, Confidently close, I mean, or <laughs> last week they didn't
0: perform too well against Fremantle, but you know you do need a down week, and I'd rather them have a down week against Fremantle and That's then right. come back this week and perform yeah. against the Cats. So it's going to be a really good game. I think finals preview. I think Richmond Geelong could be a potential finals matchup. Yeah. Um, so who
2: goes to Tom Hawkins?
0: I think Grimes is back, so Grimes I would be my number one choice, or actually Bolter. Bolter. Has has yeah. proven really effective in the back line over the last few weeks. So I'll put my, put my confidence in uh, either Bolter or Grimes. Yeah. That's um there's a player
1: from Richmond playing the forward line at the moment that's quite good that I, I'm liking.
0: Um a specific young, Steve.
1: Uh small small Ford. Uh small new Ford he's oh, only played. J Ten Arts. Arts. Yeah, he's great. He looks like a he looks like a star.
0: So I'm hopefully loving J Ten. So, yeah, he's a mature age recruit, so really, right. he went the long way to get, get recruited. And, yeah, he's, he's been one of my favorites this year. Yeah, so. I love him. Who's your tip, Stel?
2: I am going to go with the Cats tonight. Do they have the Gary cats. Ablett back in? Is he back in tonight?
0: No, he's, <laughs> um, he's not playing until next week. Uh, Did you see the footage of uh, Ablett training with Shane Edwards and uh, Jared Rufford? Oh, not Jared Rufford. Um, who's the guy? Oh, Hanabry. Hanabry. Yeah. So I think they're all, all back in next them. week as of round 18. Yeah, so that's right. How about you, Steve? Who's your That'd tip? Great. Uh
1: I'm. I'm going with the Tigers. Uh, sorry, Matty Um but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, tigers. The tigers for me, and I assume you're going for the tigers, Dane. Yeah, it'll be a very good game, <laughs> and yeah,
0: just looking forward to a good spectacle. So awesome! All right, boys. Well, right, enjoy your enjoy your Friday nights, enjoy your weekends, and yeah, looking forward to, to seeing you boys soon. Going to the pub, going to the movies, and yeah, just getting back to to normal life. Definitely, Definitely. can't
2: wait. Have a good night, guys. All right, cheers. Thanks. thanks. See you, guys.